Hi, this is Pastor Rusty Gunther from First Baptist Church of Blowing Rock. I want to thank you for coming to our podcast page. Today's message was recorded on March 31st, 2013, and it's our Easter message. It comes to us from Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, where Paul tells the Philippians that he wants to know, wants to experience the power of Christ's resurrection in his own life. This morning we're going to look at how the power of Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead didn't end 2,000 years ago, but is available for each one of us today. I hope you enjoy it as we join our service in progress. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken and I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love amazing love how can it be that you my king would die for me Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you in all I do. I honor you. I want you to lift your voice and sing, and you are my king. in each of our lives. Father, there's some here this morning struggling, some here with a lot of problems, issues at home, issues at work, finances, mountains that they don't think they can overcome, big decisions weighing heavily. Father, this morning, we give all that to you. 
And God, we ask that the power of your resurrection that transforms things would be a reality for each one of us. Holy Spirit, you come. Have your way in this place. In your name, amen. You be seated. The author, Philip Yancey, tells the story in one of his books of a lady that he came to know about that lived in San Antonio, Texas. Her name was Edith Burns. She was a patient of a doctor named Will Phillips, and that's how she came to know about uh, Edith Burns from Dr. Phillips. And Dr. Phillips said uh, she was probably his favorite patient of every patient that he's ever had in his life. Dr. Phillips was a uh, country doctor, one of those doctors that was involved in every part of your life. And he describes the story of Edith Burns' life. And uh, he, on this particular morning that he was going to work, he said it was probably uh, weighed on him more heavily than any other day because he was going to have to share some bad news with Edith. He said he walked into the waiting room that morning. His heart was heavy, and there was Edith. She always got there early because she liked to visit with other patients that were sitting around. You see, Edith had a strange uh, habit that whenever she would meet someone, she would introduce herself by saying, My name is Edith Burns. Have you ever experienced the power of Easter? And in doing that, it would open a door that she would begin to share what Easter really means. And uh, he knew that Edith was probably sharing over in the corner with one of these ladies. And he walked back into his office. His nurse, Beverly, was there. Beverly herself uh, had come to know Edith a year before, taking her blood. And Edith asked the question of Beverly, have you ever experienced the power of Easter? Beverly said, well, you mean uh, Easter eggs and going to church and dressing up? And Edith said, no, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the power that Jesus Christ released on that first Easter morning. And Beverly, uh, through discussing with Edith, came to know Jesus Christ and gave her life to Christ, like many other people in Dr. Phillips's office had. So Dr. Phillips saw Beverly and went and told her, I need to see Edith, but give her a few more minutes. He said, she seems to be out there doing something much more important than coming into my office right now. And so she waited, and uh, finally she came back when it was her time, and she came and sat in the office, and uh, she sat down, and she noticed that something was wrong. She said, "Uh, Dr. Will, is everything okay? You've got this sad look on your face. Uh, Have you been praying? Are you reading your Bible? Is everything going okay? And Dr. Phillips said, Edith, I'm the doctor. You're the patient. You let me take care of that stuff. Uh, But with a sad heart, he said, but I've got bad news this morning. So we got your test results back, and uh, you have cancer, and, and you don't have long to live. And without missing a beat, Edith Burns said, shame on you, Dr. Will. She said, do you not understand that God doesn't make mistakes? She said, why in the world are you so sad? You're, you're telling me that I get to go be with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I get to see my husband again, that I get to see one of my children again, that I get to see all of my friends, and I get to celebrate Easter forever, and here you are acting sad that you have to give me my ticket. She said, shame on you. Dr. Phillips said at that moment he realized that Edith Burns didn't just talk about the power of Easter. She lived the power of Easter. Well, time went on. They continued to see one another. He continued to examine her. She got sicker and sicker until the Christmas holidays came around. The doctor's office was closed. It reopened, and uh, Edith missed her appointment. She called Dr. Phillips. She said, I, I think that my time is getting close to go home. She said, I'm having to move 
my story to the hospital. She said, will you do a favor for me, Dr. Phillips? She said, will you make sure that everybody they send to room with me is somebody that has never experienced the power of Easter? She said, I don't have much time, and I want to be able to tell them about it. And so over the next couple of weeks, they did just that. And people would come in and meet with Edith, and she would share what the power of Easter was all about. And many people gave their lives to Christ. Everybody on the floor, matter of fact, loved uh, Edith. The, the patients and the doctors and everyone around was just drawn to her. Matter of fact, they started calling her Easter Edith. It became her nickname because of her story, and all of them had encountered what she had to say, except one nurse. There was one nurse, which was the head nurse on the floor, her name was Phyllis Cross, and Phyllis didn't want to have anything to do with Edith. Phyllis was uh, a woman that had grown up and, and gone into the Army. She'd had a tough life. She'd seen everything. Uh, she was one of those hard-nosed types that uh, she thought Edith was just a religious nut. She said, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And then one day, uh, the, the nurses that were having to take care of Edith were busy, and so Phyllis had to go into her room. And Phyllis walked into her room, and Edith smiled and lit up and said, Oh, Phyllis Cross. She said, I've been praying for you. Jesus loves you, and I love you, and I love praying for you. And without missing a beat, Phyllis said, well, you're wasting your time. I'm not interested in what you have to say. I'm not interested in anything you have to do. And, and Edith said, but Phyllis, I still will pray for you, and I still love you. And she said, and as a matter of fact, I've asked God not to take me home until you can come and be a part of the family. And without missing a beat, Phyllis looked at her and said, well, then I guess that means you're never going to die because I'm not interested. <laughs> well, time went by, and Phyllis was having interactions with Edith. And uh, Phyllis talks about how one day she was in the hall, and, and she couldn't stop. She was drawn like something was wrong. If you ever get that premonition, like there was a magnet drawing her to Edith's room that day. She said she, she couldn't explain it really even in words. She was just drawn into the room. And, and so as she walked into the room, Edith started laughing and smiled and said, I knew you were going to come today, Phyllis. And Phyllis said, well, I didn't even know I was coming today. And she said, but God told me today is your special day. She said, come sit down. Let me tell you something, Phyllis. And so Phyllis reserved, regarded that I need to go do that, went and sat down. And she, she looked at Edith. She said, Edith, let me ask you a question. She said, everybody in this hospital, you've asked, have you experienced the power of Easter? But you've never asked me. And Edith smiled and said, oh, I wanted to many, many times. But God told me I wasn't supposed to say anything to you until you asked me. And she said, and since you here, she reached down and, and pulled out her Bible that she always carried with her. And she began to explain to Phyllis the true power of Easter about the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it can transform lives and change lives. And right there, the, the cold, the hard-hearted nurse prayed to receive Christ. Uh, Edith asked her point blank, do you really want to experience the power of Easter? And Phyllis said yes. And for the first time in her life, she was changed forever. Uh, two days later, Phyllis came into her room. Edith looked up said, Phyllis, do you know what today is? Phyllis said, of course I know what today is. It's Good Friday. And Edith said, no, not for you. She said, for you, it's Easter. She said, because once you've experienced the power of Easter, every day is Easter. So no more Good Friday, no more Thanksgiving, Easter. Happy Easter, Phyllis. And Phyllis just laughed and, and walked out of the room. Two days later, it was Easter. 
Phyllis got to work, decided that she had some things to do, but she w- decided she wanted to go down and surprise Edith. So she went and, to the florist's office and bought some lilies. She wanted to bring them up and surprise her in her room. She walked up and got into the room there where, where Edith was, and she knew something was wrong when she opened the door because Edith was laying there, and she had a big smile on her face. And her Bible was open uh, with her hands on it. Phyllis walked over and she touched her head and touched her hand and realized that Edith had passed away. And there in her hand, pointing, was Revelation 21.4, which says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, no pain, for the former things have passed away. And Phyllis crossed at that moment this hard, tough nurse looked up to heaven with her tears streaming down her face and said, Happy Easter, Edith. Happy Easter. She walked out of the room, and when she walked out of the room into the hallway, there were two student nurses sitting at a table. She walked over with Edith's Bible and sat down between them. She said, Hi, my name's Phyllis Cross. Have you ever experienced the power of Easter? See, that's what we're here to celebrate today. The resurrection power of Easter is the changed lives that you and I can experience. You see, the power of the Easter message is is the exchange of an old life for a new life. The story that God is wanting to give us this morning, the story that you and I need to understand is that what happened on that Easter morning 2,000 years ago is not about a historic event. It's not about something that happened and ended. It's about something that goes on and on. And the power that drew Jesus Christ out of that grave is still working today. It's working in lives all across this room. It's working in each of our lives as he changes and transforms and calls us to be something different. See, this morning, we don't celebrate a story, a Bible history story. We celebrate Easter. In our passage this morning that we pick up from last week, we saw Paul was in the middle of sharing his testimony to the church at Philippi. In the middle of sharing his testimony... He said an incredible statement. He makes an incredible statement. He talks about his past and how it's gone. And he says, here's my hope. Here's my goal. He says this, for I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That word know we found out last week is the word gnosko. It's a Greek word. It's more than just hearing. It's more than just seeing. It's more than just uh, listening to something. It is intimately experiencing something. What Paul is saying is, I want to live. I don't want to just see the power of the resurrection. I don't want to just hear about the power of the resurrection. I want to live the power of the resurrection. I want to see it in my life every day. So the question for you and I this morning is, we celebrate Easter. And I don't know why you're here. I don't know if someone brought you or if you're a guest or if it's just because it's Easter and you decided to come to church this morning. The question for us this morning is, have you experienced the power of Easter? See, Paul says, I want to know. I want to live. I want to understand the force that brought Jesus from the grave. We found out last week that you can't have... Easter Sunday without the cross on Friday. See, without 
death, there can be no life. And last week we discovered that, that you and I relate to Christ in his death in that for us to receive the new life that is Easter, we have to die to ourselves. And as Paul is saying that I want to experience this power of Easter, he's saying that I, I've been crucified with Christ. I'm not living anymore. Now Christ lives in me, and I can experience this new power. You know, Peter said something very similar to it in 1 Peter chapter 1. I think I gave it to you on the blue sheet. I love the way he phrases this. It says, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance. You see, he says it's not, not just a hope. There's also an inheritance. That inheritance that we've received will never spoil, will never perish, it will never fade, and it's kept for you in heaven. Now, the word there, hope, is not the same word that we use. You see, when we use hope, we're talking about an, uh, hoping for something to happen or not to happen. We say, well, I hope it doesn't snow this week. Amen? I hope it doesn't snow. We're talking about something that uh, is, is a possibility. But in the Bible, when they use the word hope, it is the opposite of an uncertainty. It is a certainty. You see, what Paul and what Peter is saying is that this power of the resurrection, this hope that I have this morning, is not some wish. It's not some thought. It is a certainty that if God said he would do something, he will do it. Every promise that he has ever made in his word, he has fulfilled. And if he said that there is a power available to you and I this morning. There is a power available. The question is, what are we doing with that power? What are you doing with that power? What what does that power look like? And I don't have time this morning to, to give you all of the understandings of what that power of the resurrection means, but I just want to give you a couple that I think are important for us to understand. What is the power of Easter? What is the power of the resurrection? Well, first of all, it's the power to change. You see, Easter means that we now have the ability to be new again. Peter said it is a new birth. See, you didn't do anything to deserve your first birth. You can't do anything to get your second birth. It is the power of God changing in you to make you something new. It's the power inside of you to become something that you were not. All of us, because of Easter, have the ability to change. See, all of your past can be wiped away. All of your sin, all of your failures, all of your pain, all of your difficulties, all of your past mistakes, your hurts, your failures, because of the cross and because of the empty tomb, You and I don't have to be described and limited by those things anymore. See, those things don't define me anymore. I'm defined by the empty tomb. That's the power of Jesus being resurrected. You can experience forgiveness. See, some of you beat yourself up because of your past. Even those of you that are Christ followers this morning, you've allowed mistakes that you've made in your past to keep you from moving into your future. The power of the empty tomb says you are forgiven. Go on. I love that in Mark's version of the the resurrection story, if you remember that version, the angel comes and says to the women, go and tell the disciples, Jesus is not here. He is risen. And he said, and make sure you tell Peter. Why in the world would would the angel say, make sure you tell Peter? Because Peter had had a bad week, right? Peter was the one at the 
Lord's Supper that when Jesus was washing their feet, Peter said, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. And Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, then, then you can't be my disciple. Peter was the one who said, I'll never deny you. And when they came to arrest Jesus, he pulled out his sword and was ready to fight. And Jesus said, put it away. And the same Peter, within two hours, was denying that he even knew Jesus three times. Can you imagine what his Saturday must have been like? Sunday, he's off hiding somewhere, and the angel says, go get Peter. Why? Because the power of the resurrection is the power to forgive. And what Jesus wants you to hear this morning is the power that brought him out of the grave is the power to wipe your slate clean. I told the uh, sunrise service this morning, it's like a spiritual etch-a-sketch. You remember what those are? Some of you are like, I had no clue. An etch-a-sketch was what we used to use to entertain ourselves. It was uh, this red box that you would use two dials and it would make magnets go up and down and it would be these incredible pictures and nothing more frustrating than doing an etch-a-sketch and then, you know, doing this whole thing. My little brother would grab it, and when he grabbed it, he'd shake it, and it'd just be gone. You see, the power of the grave that's empty this morning is that God takes our life. When Jesus came out of the tomb, we now have the ability for God to shake and make everything in our past gone and start new. See, it's the power to change. We, we use the term in Christianity, convert which comes from the, the term conversion. Conversion is a scientific term. It means to change the state of something. Those of you that are in science, you know, you know water has three states. It, you know, it can be a gas or it can be a liquid, uh, you know, and it can be a solid. Uh, it doesn't change being water. It just changes its state. And what the Bible says is when we are converted, when we give our life to Jesus, our state changes. We're still people. We still look the same, but there's something about us different. We have been transformed. That is the power of Easter this morning. The Holy Spirit working inside of us to change us. But it's not just the power to change. You see, the story of Easter is also the power to conquer, to be overcomers. I want you to hear me close. The power of Jesus' resurrection makes you and I overcomers. It makes us more than conquerors, Romans chapter 8 says. You see, just as we relate to Jesus in his death and in his burial, we relate to him in his resurrection. And it is that resurrection power that can change everything about our lives. What do we conquer? We conquer sin. See, the Bible says that that while Jesus paid our pardon for sin on the cross, it was when he came out of the grave that it was stamped, paid in full. It was the confirmation that God received what Jesus had offered. And through that, you and I have the ability now to conquer sin. You, You see, before you give your life to Christ, sin has control over you. You can't help it. That's why I always laugh when people get mad at sinners sinning. That's what sinners are supposed to do, right? Sin. But the moment that we receive Jesus Christ, there is a change that comes over me. And because I I have been forgiven, I can now say no to sin. I can now overcome sin. It no longer controls me. Any sin that I let in my life, I do of my own free will because it has no control over me. You see, the grave conquered sin in your life. This morning, if you are being overwhelmed by sin, if you are being overcome by the sin in your life, it's because you've invited it 
or because you've never experienced the power that makes you conquerors. It defeats sin. But not only does it defeat sin, probably greater than that, is it gives us the power to overcome death. See, the Bible calls Jesus the firstborn, the first fruit of the resurrection, which means more people are going to come. You see, because Jesus rose, one day, even though you and I may die, we'll live again. See, that wasn't just a hope. It wasn't just a wish. To those 500 people that saw Jesus walking around with holes in his hands and feet, it was a reality. And it's just as real for you and I today. See, some of you have faced death this year. Some of us have faced death this year. And when you face death, the power of the resurrection takes on a whole new meaning. Because it becomes an anchor for you in a storm. It becomes a shelter during a difficulties. It, it becomes a new reality to understand that though we may have lost someone we love, they're not gone. You see, those that you've lost, those that we've had to say goodbye to, guess what? This morning they are experiencing Easter like never before. They're experiencing Easter and the power of Easter like we cannot understand. Why? Because Jesus came out of the grave. I began to think this morning when I was praying in between the sunrise service of all the people that we've lost this year. And I was thinking, and I just couldn't help but imagine that those that we've lost, people like Peyton and Bob Walters and others that we've lost, that this morning they are, they are wearing Easter clothes like we would never imagine. See, they've been given a new body a new life, and a new hope. And this morning on this side of Easter, we, we don't grieve, we celebrate because there is a hope that you and I can overcome death. See, li listen to me. You've been given the ability to live. Death can't stop you. Why fear it? As Edith Burns told her doctor, it's my ticket an Easter forever you see the message and the power of Easter is the power to change it's the power to conquer and lastly it's the power to transform because you see what Easter does is it makes all things new as the sun was coming up this morning I don't get to see sunrise as much because I hate sunrise and uh, I'm not a morning person I, I do it every two years when it's my turn to do the sunrise service um, and so as the sun was coming up, I, I couldn't help thinking that, that that represents our lives. That sometimes the darkness can overwhelm us. Pain, fear, failure. But the new sunrise of that Easter morning, those sad women going to that tomb and finding it empty with the stone rolled away. You know why the stone was rolled away? It wasn't to let Jesus out, it was to let us in. And as they went in and looked, that angel came out and said, Why are you looking for life dead? You see, so many today in the church spend a lot of time looking for life among the things that are dead. I'm here to tell you that the power of the resurrection can transform. 
It can take the bad and that which the world meant for evil and turn it to good. It can transform your pain into power. It can transform your suffering into strength. It can take that which you think is difficult and make it hope. See, this morning for you and I, doubt becomes assurance. It is an exchange. It's been called the great exchange, old for new. And this morning you can have that. See, it's more than just a one-time decision. It's more than just praying a prayer. Paul said, it is a power that walks with me every day. It is a power that transforms. It is a power that conquers. And it is a power that brings change. Let me ask you again. Have you ever experienced the transformation power of Easter? You see, the power that Christ brought from the grave is still here today. C.S. Lewis said this. The Christ story began with life from an empty womb. And ended with life from an empty tomb. Empty womb, empty tomb. He said, isn't that just like God who creates things that are out of things that are not and calls those things that are dead back to life? See, Paul said, I want to experience it. Have you experienced it? Is it something you live with? It's something that exudes out of you. Because this morning I stand and testify with Edith Burns that the hope that I have is not in vain because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. My question to you is the same she offered. Have you experienced, intimately know, the power of Easter? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. God, I, I, I stand on your promises this morning that were made resolute through the empty tomb. Father, I don't have a hope as those that wish or those that want. I have a hope of one that knows. Because, Father, I can testify just as clearly as Paul and just as clearly as Peter that God's promises are always true. I can speak clearly without a doubt that death has been conquered, that lives can be changed. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in others. God, there is a power of the resurrection that permeates everything we are, everything that we have. God, release that power in lives. Father, there are some here this morning that are in pain, that are in difficulty, that are in struggle. Father, I pray you transform that. Begin to let them understand that they can be more than conquerors, not of anything that we can do or we have done, but because of the power of the resurrection, the risen King of Kings. Father, for those that are struggling with their past, let them know that that can be wiped away because of the empty tomb. Father, I pray that your risen Son would be a reality in each and every one of our lives today. Father, you tell us that anyone that wants can receive. There's someone here this morning that's never given you their life, that's never exchanged old for new, that's never 
been willing to be transformed. Maybe they're like Phyllis in, in the story earlier. God, I pray that you would break their hearts. Let them realize how thirsty they really are for living water. Father, we love you. We worship you. We celebrate the resurrection of the risen Savior this morning. In your name, amen. We just stand as we worship. thirsty and all who are weak they come to the fountain dip your heart in the streams of life let your pain and your sorrow be washed away By the waves of His mercy As the deep cries out Too deep we sing Come Lord Jesus And come Lord Jesus Come And come Come. 